Second uh, Peter two, uh, and we're going to continue looking at Second Peter today. And uh, you know, uh, twenty-one years ago uh, this morning, um, our nation and really our world uh, was changed in a lot of ways uh, by an extreme tragedy. And we certainly remember and uh, pray for the families of those that lost their lives that day. Um, but what I uh, want to mention about uh, that day, or that week really, uh, in particular, that was a tragic day, and if you were alive then, and it, it, it hit me as I was looking out uh, the crowd, there's some of you here this morning, a couple, uh, that were not alive yet uh, when that happened. Uh, at 21 years ago. Um, but if you were alive then, you remember where you were that day. And you remember what went on uh, that day as our nation was attacked. The next day, though, I remember every member of Congress and all 100 senators standing out on the steps of the U.S. Capitol and they stood together, and they sang, God bless America. And they stood together. And what strikes me is 20 years later, they are not saying, standing together shoulder to shoulder. And in fact, our nation is not standing together as it should. Because though Americans have a lot of different views, and that's good, it's part of what makes our nation so great, is that we can have differing ideas. It is not good and it is not great to vilify and belittle those that have different ideas than us. That is not what our nation was built on. And so I don't want that to be a political sermon. It's, it's not, but uh, because of what day it is today, we did need to mention that a little bit. And I think it's very, te- and it does have to do with Second Peter chapter 2. Uh, Peter wrote this short letter at the end of his life. Uh, he probably died very soon after this letter uh, was written. And he was concerned for the church. He was concerned for his parishion. He was concerned for those Christians that he knew. And he was concerned for the church as a whole. And so he wrote them kind of this last um, speech, this last uh, encouragement. And what he encouraged the folks with is something that is so important in our world today because not only are we divided, But our world, especially our nation, uh, thanks largely in part to social media and and other things, but social media plays a big part in it, our nation is filled with all kinds of crazy ideas. Uh, Not only about religion, but the world in general. And, you know, under every corner, around every corner, there's a new conspiracy theory and, uh, you know, preachers that are saying, you know, Jesus told me the world is going to end and he's coming back on December whatever and y'all need to move to Colorado and people did. Um, You know, and every once in a while those kind of things come up and people are led astray by that. 
there's people, there's preachers that are uh, declaring that, listen, there's, there's not really hell. Um, the Bible says there is hell. And Jesus said, it's a place you don't want to go. It's a place where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. And he wasn't being figurative when he said that. And yet our culture and the way of this world says, listen, it doesn't matter. Uh, They're going to do one of two things. They're either going to deny that God exists at all. They're going to say, no, there's no such thing as God. We're our own God. We're our own maker. And we determine... Well, our very being says that's not true. And nature says it's not true. And everything around us says, no, that's, that's not really true. Or they say, well, if there is a God, we can choose who or what he is. And we can determine what is right and what is wrong. And nobody has the right to tell us any different. Those that preach tolerance are very intolerant of people that don't agree with them. Which is something that they're barking against. And yet they're doing that very thing. So even in Peter's day and still in 2022, there are a lot of false teachings. And so Peter is warning the church, and he warns us today, listen, friends, you better stay awake, and you better stay true to the Word of God. You better stay true to what the truth is. Uh, And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to uh, 2 Peter chapter 2. We're going to go ahead and we're going to read all 22 verses. Um, Verse 1 says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them and bring them on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved in judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one out of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the earth of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. And he delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous and self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. 
But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of things they do not understand, and they will utterly perish in their own corruption, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishing, blemishes carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. Having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are cursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained uh, the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For if we then speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him is also brought into bondage. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it, or turn away from the uh, holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. So Peter addresses this issue of false teachers and some of the false beliefs that lead us astray. And Sometimes they're within the world, but Peter warns the church. He said, listen, sometimes these people creep into the church and they sound sort of like preacher. And it sounds like they are trying to preach the truth. And it, uh, you know, maybe they even read some Bible verses. But most of the time the Bible verses are taken out of context or just kind of read and then the message goes off on a tangent somewhere else because they're trying to sway people by flattery or by promising them uh, freedom when really what they're doing is creating bondage. Sin always destroys. And so Peter wants us to have three important things kept in our mind as we want to stay awake and stay true uh, so that we are not overcome by the ways of this world. And the first thing is this, that we need to understand the truth. And we need to understand that one truth is there are false teachers out there. I've mentioned some of them already this morning. So just because somebody you know, is, has a Bible does not mean that everything that comes out of their mouth is right. If it goes against this word, it's not right, and you want to listen to it. It, it, you, you shouldn't listen. If they say something that's contrary to God's will or to God's word, we shouldn't listen. We shouldn't give it uh, even any consideration. 
The Apostle Paul says from those people that are teaching these heresies, don't even eat with them, don't have anything to do with them, don't let them in your house. Stay away from them. Why? Because we are influenced by those we hang around and those that we allow uh, to have influence over us are going to influence us. And so if we hang around people of, that are so enamored with this world and belong to this world, guess what direction we're going to be pulled in? We're going to be pulled into the ways of the world. And so the Bible teaches us that, yes, we, we know and we love sinners because they need Jesus just like we did and we still do. But we don't allow their influence. We don't hang around. We don't make them our best friends. We don't go into business with them. We don't marry them. That's what Paul was talking about when he said, don't be unequally yoked. He's talking about, listen, believer in Christ, don't marry an unbeliever. Because that unbeliever is going to pull you away. But then he also said, you know what, if you are married and you become a believer and your spouse doesn't, you stay with them and you pray for them and you witness to them because you just might win them to Christ. And so we need to understand there are false teachers out there. Well, who gets to determine that? Well, the world and a lot of people in our society want to say, I get to choose. But the reality is I or you do not get to choose what the truth is. The truth is truth whether you believe it or not. And there are people in all I mean people get caught up in some wacky wacky ideas. And emotion and you know good people. Even Christ-fearing people that get caught up in all kinds of crazy nonsense. And so Peter says, you, listen, you need to understand there are false teachers out there, and what determines what's false and what's true is not you. And it's not public opinion, and it's not political correctness. It's God's Word. Then... He also understood, listen, there's a truth that Peter mentions. He said, you know what, these false teachers, eventually their falsehood, the fact that they're false teachers, it'll become evident. Eventually people will realize, hey, listen, this guy was not the real deal. And they'll fall and, and their destruction, by the way, is sure. If they don't get it this world, you better believe when they stand before God they're going to get it. So, we need to understand there are false teachings out there and there's false teachers out there and how we fight against it is knowing God's Word. So what, coming to church and hearing sermons, that's a good thing to do. But you know what's even better? It's you taking the book and reading it through the week and studying it and knowing it and meditating and applying it to your life. 
That shouldn't be a strange concept to us as Christians. We ought to, when we read God's Word, it ought to impact us. And it ought to shape us. And so there ought to be times when we read our Bible or when we sit in church that God convicts us over sin. And if God doesn't ever do that, it's probably because we are not worshiping Him. We're worshiping ourselves. Or we're in a church where uh, the truth is not preached. All of us have various times in our life when the Holy Spirit is working on us and convicting us and drawing us. And because we're human, all of us have times when we resist the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell us what to do, will guide us, will help us to understand. But we have to be willing to obey. And so in Sunday school this morning, we were looking at Acts chapter 16, where the Apostle Paul wanted to go to Asia and plant church. That's a good thing. That's a noble thing, isn't it? And yet Luke says in that chapter, the Holy Spirit forbade Paul to go. What? Why would the Holy Spirit tell Paul not to go plant churches? That's what he's supposed to be doing. Holy moly, what on earth? Well, it wasn't the Holy Spirit was telling Paul, listen, I don't want you planting any more churches. We've got enough. That's not what he was saying. What he was saying was, I don't want you to go to Asia. I want you to go the opposite direction. I'm going to ultimately send you to Europe. And so Paul and his crew do something crazy. They listen. And they sail off. And they plant churches in Philippi and several other places around that region and preach the gospel in Thessalonica and various other places. And people get saved. So when the Holy Spirit leads us, we need to understand it's our responsibility to obey. And the Holy Spirit will never lead us to do anything that is contrary to God's word or to God's will. And so if we think God's telling us, hey, listen, it's okay for you to uh, you know, take some money off out of that offering plate. Church has enough. You need some. Go ahead. Take it. No. The Bible says stealing's wrong. You better not do it, especially from the Lord. You better not steal from him. Uh, a couple of folks in the Bible did that, and it didn't turn out well for them. And chances are, the same would happen to you. So God will not tell you to do anything that's against his will or against his word. So if you're feeling led in a direction contrary to God's word, or what you know to be God's will, it ain't God speaking. There's old cathedral uh, songs. Some of you probably, uh, if you like Southern Gospel, you've heard this song. Um, but it simply says, the Course says, Sin will take you farther than you wanted to go. Sin will keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And sin will cost you more than you wanted to pay. There's a lot of truth in that little chorus. Sin will look alluring. That's what Peter said. Unless especially a lot of young people get caught up in things because 
Satan's smart. He knows how to make sin look very alluring. And it promises, man, I'm going to give you all this stuff. I'm going to make it easy, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to meet all your needs. I'm going to give you everything you desire. And yet, sin never gives. It always takes. Sin always destroys. That's all it can do. Sin has brought death and separation from God from Genesis. And it will continue to do so until the Lord comes back. And so we need to understand the truth that God is never okay with sin. God is never okay with us doing something he tells us not to. People's ideas and what's politically correct changes over time. Fifty years ago in our country, in, especially in the South, if people went to church, ladies didn't dare show up in pants. Not only did they not show up in pants, they didn't show up in shorts either. They were in dresses. Not only did they have dresses, they had hats. And I keep telling Leslie, I said, I'm gonna, I, we're going to have a hat day one day at church for ladies to wear some hats. But they were, wore hats. Well, none of you have hats this morning. And some of you aren't wearing dresses. And you know what? I think Jesus is probably okay with that. That tradition or that has changed over the last several decades. But do you know what never changes? God's Word. It's still the same today as it was yesterday and it'll be the same tomorrow. Those Ten Commandments that God gave way back in the Old Testament, they're still the same ten. Most of them are politically incorrect or unpopular in our culture today. You know what God says? God, I don't give a rip. These are the big ten. You better not change them. And so we need to know the the truth. We need to understand the truth. And then we also, and I've already mentioned this a little bit. uh, I got ahead of myself. The second thing is not only do we need to understand the truth, but we need to test the truth. We need to test it against God's word. We need to test it. Say, you know what, this is what it seems like God's telling me, but what does God's word say about that? And if God's word says, don't do something that you feel God's telling you to do, you trust God's word rather than what your impression is about what God is speaking to you about. God will never, ever lead you contrary to his word or to his will. His will for you is to be saved. That's true for everyone. That's true for you that are here today. That's true for everyone out in the community, even those that aren't in church today. God's will is that they be saved. Peter is going to tell us that God is not willing that any would perish. So when people end up in hell, it's not that God sends them there. Because God's offer of salvation is to everyone. It's 
people that end up in hell end up there because God offered them salvation and redemption, and they rejected it. So it wasn't God that sent them there, it was themselves. And God's will is for us to be saved, but God's will is also for you to grow in Him. God's will is for you to grow in Christ's likeness so that when you stand before Him in glory, you look a lot like Jesus. And God's will is for you to serve Him and His church. We need to understand that, that God's will, God's desire is that God's people serve Him. Can you be a Christian and not be part of a local church? Yes, you can. But can I tell you, you cannot be the person that God created you to be without being part of a local Bible-believing church. Anyway, that wasn't even part of the sermon. That was just free information. Uh, that was a rabbit. I think I caught it, though, this morning. But here's how we wrap it up, and here's the kind of conclusion of the whole matter. So not only do we need to understand the truth and test for truth by saying, listen, does it, does it line up with God's Word? Does it, under, under, does it comport to what I know to be God's will for my life? But the most important thing in the way that we do both of these things is this last point. And it's we have to know the truth. Not only do we have to know God's word, and it is true, but that's not the truth that I'm speaking I'm speaking about knowing a man named Jesus. And I tell you that you cannot be what God created and intends for you to be without knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the ultimate truth. He is the one that has the right and the authority to say what's right and what's wrong. He is the ultimate and final authority on that. He created us. Who better knows how something works than the one that made it? And I tell you that so often, and part of the reason why we have so many problems in this world and why there's so many different opinions and why people get caught up in all kinds of false teachings that ultimately lead them to an eternal hell is because they don't know the truth. They don't know the man named Jesus. And knowing the man named Jesus and knowing him not about him but knowing him makes all the difference in the world. Jesus intends for us to have a growing relationship with Him. He expects us to spend time with Him. 
He expects us to surrender to his will and his direction for us. He expects us to remember and understand that we were saved out of a devil's hell. That our sin, our choices, our rejection of God made us worthy and deserving of eternal torment in a very real place called hell. And yet Jesus took my punishment and your punishment and the punishment of all the world upon himself. And he shed his innocent blood that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's wonderful, and that's the transformative promise of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But here's what Peter was so concerned about. There are a lot of people, even including inside the church, that know about Jesus, but they really don't know Him. And maybe they even have given testimony of being saved and being changed, but then they make the choice to go back to their sinful ways. And they do things that are contrary to God's word and contrary to God's will. And Jesus says, or Peter says, and well, I guess both is right because Jesus told Peter what to say. Uh, But Peter writes here, he said, you know what? It would have been better for those that turn back if they had never known righteousness to start with. And he's not talking about righteousness on their own, because none of us are righteous on our own. What Peter was talking about was the righteousness that we receive and that all sinners receive by trusting in Jesus Christ. Because when you trust in Jesus Christ, the truth, and you know Him, and you know Him personally and in a relationship, His righteousness becomes your righteousness. And so Jesus says to us, know the truth. And then live with that truth. And by that truth. And you'll never go astray. That means that things are always going to be easy but you'll end up where you're supposed to end up. Because you have the right pilot. You have the right guide. And the right pilot and the right guide is not a politician. It's not a political party. It's not even a local church or a denomination. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Him alone is what made it possible for you to have new life. And so we must never forget that great sacrifice that Jesus paid for us. And I pray, and so Peter's warning to us, a message to us in 2022, is stay awake and stay true to God. Don't waffle. Don't worry. It may not be politically correct. It may not be popular. Back in that time when 
everybody wore hats and or all the ladies, thankfully not everybody, uh, all the ladies wore dresses and hats to church. During that same time, there were lots of folks that went, it was the thing to do to go to church. And there were a lot of churches that were filled with a lot of people that were not saved and were not Christians, but they went to church because that was the thing to do. Up until recently, people understood and knew, even politicians understood this, and if politicians understand something, you know it has to really be true, uh, and, you know, marked out that, listen, if you, that they knew and understood that there was this expectation people had, if you, we were going to vote for you, you had to be a Christian. And so a lot of them would join, you know, church. Maybe never show up. Or do anything in the church, but their name would be on the roll so they could go out and they tell people, yeah, I'm a member of whatever church. That, by and large, is no longer the case, uh, even in our region of the South, unfortunately. But there's a lot of false believers and false teachers. And falsehood does a lot of destruction because that's all that sin can do. And so Jesus says to us, Peter says to us, you don't want to be destroyed, you know the truth. You stay awake and stay true to that truth. So friend, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ is your one, maybe you've been in this church, there are people that are in church their entire life, and they hear dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of sermons, and yet don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. They know a lot about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. And if that's you today, my plea to you and my encouragement to you is you come and you meet the truth because it will transform your life. It will change you. It will finally allow you to find true meaning and true purpose. If you're here today and say, you know what, I am saved, then the message to you is you better wake up and you better stay true to what God's Word says because there's a lot of influences in our world today that are calling you to throw away this book and to throw away God's standards and make compromises where God says, listen, don't you compromise. They're asking you to put a question mark where God's put an exclamation mark. Don't you dare edit God. You let Him edit you. Let's pray again. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love. Lord, we pray this morning remembering the tragic events that happened to our nation 20 plus years ago and how that's affected not only our nation but really the entire world. And while momentarily it seemed that that brought people closer to you and Lord, it seems today that people are wandering farther and farther away from you. And they're being allured by the lies of this world, the lies of the ruler of this world, Satan himself. So God, our prayer is that if there's one here that doesn't know you, doesn't know the truth, doesn't know you as the way, the truth, and the life, today may they come to know you that way. But Lord, for those of us that are believers today, would you help us to hear and to heed Peter's warning, to stay alert, 
and to stay true to your truth. To understand that your spirit will never guide us to something contrary to your word or to your will. God, help us to follow you. Lord, even when that means that you've said no to something that we want, and even when it's, it's you asking us to do something we really don't want to do, help us to understand it's always best to trust you and to obey you. Lord, we need you directing our life. Not just once in a while and not just on Sunday morning, but we need you every minute of every hour of every day. Lord, keep that before us. and Help us to see that need for you. And Lord, we are surrounded by people who are just tangled up in the lies of Satan. And Lord, may it grieve us. May we have compassion on them. And may we seek to love them and to share the message that only you can untangle the mess that they're in. Help us to be your hands and feet, we pray, and we'll give you thanks for what you do in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this hymn of invitation. And if God's spoken to your heart today, I invite you and encourage you.